Hello, this is Tony Bereni, and I'd like to welcome you to the podcast series, What Leaders Say. And that's exactly what this podcast series is about. It's an informal interview uh, chat uh, process where basically we sit with industry leaders and uh, the industry leaders basically share their wisdom or whatever they have that comes to their minds or thoughts to share with you, our listening audience. And today I have the distinct honor of being with Gip Dautridge. He's the vice president and general manager of Nucor Berkeley. They're located in Charleston, South Carolina. And with no further ado, what I'd like to do is just kind of turn it over to Gif and uh, say, Gif, thank you very much for sharing of your time and uh, your wisdom. So with no further ado, how about sharing with us uh, your thoughts? Uh, thanks, Tony. It's, uh, it's nice to be here. It's, it's actually it's always good to talk to you. I always learn something from talking to smart people and you're a smart person. I really like what you said at the beginning, that he said, share your wisdom or something. I may be the something thing instead of wisdom. And, <laughs> that's, still, and that's okay. It's I still mean, fun to share with you. It so. is. I mean, whatever you have to say, people are excited about what you've got to say. And again, like I said earlier, I mean, the great thing about where you are is, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's always informative when we get together. Uh, first off, you, you mentioned working with Nucor. If, if I was going to talk about leadership or, or anything that I've ever gained or accomplished in my life, it's just because I've been fortunate enough to, to be aligned with great people. If you, if you get the opportunity to, to work around people that you like and you respect uh, and you want to emulate them, that makes everything else easier. And then if those same people have a, a feeling of responsibility <clears throat> for your success, they want you to do well, and they give you those opportunities, then, then good things happen. And you, certainly any one individual, it's up to you. You've got to do the things you need to do to succeed. It is hard work. There's very little osmosis. Uh, there's very little luck involved. So a lot of people that, that talk about how lucky they are, just like the saying goes, I've seen it a million times. It's amazing how hardworking, lucky people are. Right. So uh, you, you do. Uh, I just read a quote last week that said the the elevator to success is constantly broken. It happens one step at a time. You, you got to take those steps, and it is one step at a time. <clears throat> so again, uh, being around Nucor has been great. Uh, the things I've learned there is uh, so how do you get a great workforce? And so many people want to talk about empowering a workforce, or uh, incentivizing a workforce, or motivating a workforce. Those things are real and tangible and, and sometimes difficult to do. But if you hire the right people, if you have the right people on your team, holy smoke, all those other things that seem abstract and difficult are so much easier. And, and so in Nucor, we've always had the advantage. Uh, we, we hire the right people. We've great people on the team. The integrity, the work ethic, the willingness to learn is there as we start working with folks. And so that accomplishing things, getting aligned on big goals, developing those folks, it's easy because you got the right people there. They want to learn and they have the capability to learn. Well, you know, it's funny you said that. Uh, I recently read a book uh, by Jim Collins, uh, Good to Great. And what he what he, he says, he says it in different words, but what he talks about, too, is having the right people on the bus. You know, have, surround yourself with great people, people with different unique abilities, different skill sets, if you will. But make sure you have the right people on the bus. And that's basically kind of, for me, the short synopsis of surround yourself with good people. And that's, you've done that. Yeah, he, he actually came to a nuclear mill <clears throat> when I was working out in North Carolina. And, and we had a conversation a little bit. He was talking talk about doing a follow-up to his book. And we went out and, and walked through uh, an amazing Greenfield steel mill that had tremendous amounts of automation and technology and, 
and, and uh, he met a lot of people. He came back and he didn't talk a thing about the $400 million or the, the million and a half uh, square feet on the roof. He talked about nothing but the people. He's like, how do you do that? How do you do that? And but we spend time on hiring. We work very hard to make sure we get the, we get the right people. And unfortunately, we, we, we operate in areas like Berkeley County. In this area right now is a great example. Again, going back, we look for things I mentioned before, integrity and work ethic and the, the desire and ability to learn. If you have those things, goodness gracious, you can accomplish a lot. Oh, yeah. And you're right. I mean, it did the day. I mean, you look at your facility here. It's huge. I mean, how many people do you have here? We have 940 people work uh, directly with Nucor, our Nucor teammates, and about 1,500 <clears throat> between suppliers, contractors, and customers on site. And I mean, just day in and day out, <clears throat> 1,500 people that have all these different skill sets, and you got all this equipment. But at the end of the day, it takes people. You can have the best equipment, but if you don't have the right people, it doesn't matter. Yeah, and it's such a it's a it's a broad mix of people, right? We we say we hire the right people. <clears throat> we don't have any two people that look, think, or act alike. The 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 uh, diversity, and, and by that I mean all sorts of diversity, that comes together to make a great team. So that uh, when you get together, and you, you, we talk about being aligned on big goals. I spent a lot of time talking to our folks about <clears throat> what our big goals are, why how we're all going to row together. Because you can accomplish a lot that way. You don't have to, you don't have to detail it completely. You just have to give a big, good general direction you want to go in and then watch all the creativity that gets there. But if we all got together and had the same idea how to do that, we would, we would cover very little ground. And the, the new ground we broke would be very small. But when you bring people together and say, look, here's, where, here's the direction we need to go. And all of a sudden, there's a thousand new different ideas how to get there. The, the scope, scope and breadth of problem solving is, is just tremendous. So we... Uh, we work very hard, and it's good to have a great idea and implement and execute. <clears throat> but so much more important to have a great discussion about great ideas and how you're going to get there. And, and then things like uh, being perfect on safety, taking care of the environment, being spectacular quality for your customers, lowering your costs. Those things all happen because it's not one idea. It's, it's the collective wisdom of a, a talented group of people driving forward. And, and when that team sees that their input became part of the final execution, part of the, how far we got and how we got there. Well, they're excited. They didn't execute somebody else's idea. They executed their idea, and they got to see the results. And it's, it just lifts you up in the next go-round. It's even more exciting than the conversations you have. No, that's, it's interesting you say that. And, and it's, it's, it's getting people's buy-in. Instead of basically at the top management saying, boom, here's what we're going to do. What you do, which is awesome, and I can attest to it because I work with your people on a regular daily basis, is uh, you get their buy-in, and they they feel like they're, uh, you know, they're all important members of the team, and it's so it's so. And when you do that, I think you get more out of your people than they just quote show up for work. And I think you've done a great job of. Uh, there's all that team concept. All, all within Nucor of, hey, we want your ideas. We need your ideas. We want your improvement ideas and all these other things to make the plant as successful as it's been. I mean, you're, you're, we're in a global market. It's no longer just a U.S. market. I mean, we're in a global market. And to be competitive, you have to operate. I think you have to operate at a high level. Yeah, I mean, uh, all the Nucor plants, throughout Nucor, uh, as a company, I think we, we operate a, a lot the same way. Like that, you travel to different Nucor plants, you've seen the teams in action. We we work hard at that, and I, I think the the one thing people in leadership roles at, at Nucor do have in common is we would love the idea 
that somebody in the general manager's office has all the good ideas. But we all know that that's not us. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. That'd be wonderful if it was. But I know before I make any decision that, that there's probably at least 10, 50, 100 people here that may have a better idea. And if we had a conversation with those people, we're certainly going to arrive at a better idea. No, I, I agree. I agree 100% with that. And uh, that's, again, that's an testament to your, I think, your, your leadership style, whether you're aware of it or not, is uh, you understand it is a team and you understand that you've got to set goals. Um, and uh, with the teamwork and the goals, I mean, obviously, you know, again, the plant's done very well. So what else can you think of that you think is important to how how you get to become a, a vice president? How do you become a general manager of a large mill? Is there any secrets to your success that you would like to share with people out there that eventually might get to be where you are today? Uh, yeah, that's going to be a tough question to answer. I, I got a couple of things maybe we can talk about. Let me back up for a second. Sure. You said that you talk about making decisions and getting input out for for people that are being developed, for people that want to take on more responsibility in the organization, that kind of thing. Uh, there's, there's a little bit of situationalness to this decision making, right? There are some times where I, I make a decision alone. It's here, it's time we need a decision, I gotta make it, and it's me. If, if I didn't do that, if I said, well, I wanna get a meeting, I wanna brainstorm, I wanna use many other thoughts on this, I can. Part of decision making is timeliness. Mm. So, so part of the, the leadership thing is when it's time to make a decision, you gotta make a decision. When you have the time to do all those other things and get the collective wisdom of the crowd and do those things where you're gonna make maybe a much better decision and a timely decision, that's great. But, but again, for, for folks who want to collaborate, that kind of stuff is good. But as you move up the responsibility to take on, there are times you're just going to say, you know what, it's time we've got to make a decision. So people always need to keep in mind is that the quality of the decision and the time of this decision, are, they're both important. I appreciate you mentioning that. that. You're the first one that has really kind of mentioned that. And I, I'd, like to, I'd like to say kudos to you because you're right. Uh, I equate that to being like in a combat situation, if you will. Uh, my experience during the Gulf War was there was a lot of times where we had meetings and the commander would get everybody's buy-in, then he would make a decision. Then there was times we didn't have time to get everybody's input, and he had to make a decision, and that was it. I mean, and you're right. In your position, sometimes decisions got to be made right now, and at least you're aware that some people are afraid to make decisions. Yeah, and I want uh, to, to you and everybody else, when you talk about a combat situation, I'm just Appreciate everybody out there, everybody who served, all of our veterans, goodness gracious, all the things we take for granted. We don't say it enough, and I, every chance, I, opportunity I get to mention, I want to mention it. And I wish everybody else, I hope it affects everybody to really show an appreciation for folks in our armed services. But on the question of timeliness, the thing I put out to some of our young guys is, and I say that because I'm old, so it's easy to say young guys. But I just ask you on decision making if your socks are on fire, you look down and your socks are on fire. You don't start getting people together and start talking, what's the best way to put out a sock fire, right? <laughs> you, you do, you react very quickly. So that's kind of the time of this, uh, that I was talking about. That's a good point. I appreciate you bringing that up because uh, some people are reluctant to make decisions. And I think the people that uh, achieve certain success in life is because they have the ability to make decisions without being told they need to make a decision. They realize, like you said, you know, you just need to make it. And some people are reluctant to make decisions, but that's why they're not necessarily in a leader, leadership position. Yeah, and if that's and, and that may be great, if that's not their thing. If they don't, you know, there's a risk that goes with it. If you're going to be judged and it's going to be Monday morning quarterback, and if you're terribly uncomfortable with that, it's probably best not to try to achieve or have that be your ambition. Just, there's so many other important roles that people play. 
But I think, uh, uh, again, the good thing about a team is they want their leader to make decisions. I mean, they're okay with that. I mean, they good people understand that sometimes their input's not part of the process. But again, at least uh, here, you get their buy-in when the time when you have the appropriate time, and that's made all the difference. But again, you are at the, the buck stops here with you at this mill. The mill doesn't do well. It's they're looking at you. Right. Uh, we're talking about decision making a little bit. I, with with Newcore, it's been easy because we our culture, the things that we pride. Our number one thing we do when we talk to people at our Charlotte corporate office, we talk to our vice presidents, we talk to our, our managers, we talk to our supervisors, we talk to folks on the floor. We, we said, what's the most important thing? And everybody was extremely consistent. It came back to integrity. <clears throat> and so throughout our organization, we have this idea that integrity is number one. And they were immensely complicated and, and technical and all those kinds of things. And yet in, in every leadership discussion we had, integrity is the number one thing we look for. So, the decision making becomes easy. You, you do the right thing. You're, you're going to worry about what's a long-term good for Nucor, and you're not going to get second-guessed as long as you make the decisions for that. And that has to do with actually literally running the business. It has to do with how we work in the community. It has to do with just about every aspect of being long-term successful. Yeah, and and integrity is such a key component to I think any successful company. Uh, people making the right decisions for the right reasons. And so many people nowadays, uh, from when it comes to, from a character standpoint, you know, are they honest? Are they going to do forthright? Are going to, are they going to do the right thing all the time? When, not necessarily when just someone's looking. It's when no one's looking, are people going to do the right thing? And that goes back to integrity, which is, I think, really important. Yeah. And, and some people, you, you got to hold everybody accountable. But if somebody was, was born and raised in a company, they were told what's the most important is your quarterly results. And that's what they think is most important. That's what they were taught, that's how they learned, that's what they were pat on the back for. You need to hold them accountable because they should have some kind of moral compass. But that's never been the way I do It's always been make the right decision, the long-term right decision. No, I, I agree. That, that's, a, that's a great point. Um, in, integrity is so, so important. Because, again, a lot of people, they tend to make the wrong decisions or they don't go back to their core principles of doing what's right. And that that's a key component. Because, I mean, you, you've got to make money, but at the same time, you can't compromise uh, quality. And you can't, uh, you don't want to compromise integrity because then you, you, you're, you're going down the wrong road at that point when you start doing that. What, what other things do you come to your mind as far as that you think of, uh, are important? I know there's lots. Yeah, I kind of took us off topic. You asked a question about uh, me getting to be the position I'm in now and the roles I play and, and, and how did I get here. Uh, but it, it, again, inside the new core culture, it was easy for me. I, I've always said for the uh, 35 years I've been in the steel industry, I really have very little ambition to be promoted. Uh, and, and I've had a bunch of different bosses and I said that to a boss one time. Uh, he, he kind of laughed at me. He said, you know, what you have is you have an ambition to do a good job. And if you do a, a good job, the best way to be promoted is to do a really good job. <laughs> so he said, you, you may never have thought of it as, as, you know, working to be promoted or, or trying to get some kind of job title, which I really, truly never in my life have thought about things like that. But, but not wanting to let the team down, wanting to get the, the right results, wanting to do the right thing has always been very important to me. 
uh, and the new court is great because we, we don't have a lot of job titles that come with real strict guidelines. You're able to take on whatever you want. And so <clears throat> people that are successful in new court, they see a job that needs to be done, they see a result they need to get to, and they don't, they do it. They don't worry about whose job it is, who should do what, who's going to get credit for it, or any of those things. You just, you just do it. And that allows you to get exposed to things you would never normally be exposed to. And, and, and that exposure then becomes part of your decision making, part of your habits, part of all the things you do that can, that can lead to success. So again, inside of Nucor, there's a culture of, of very few barriers. And so what you can take on uh, really helps helps people develop. And uh, one other thing I mentioned, as if there's anything else, I, just sort of the subject of risk. As you take on more responsibility, uh, and I really think, you know, when, when your name's Bereni and your company's name is Bereni, yeah. you really truly understand risk. Right, somebody in a, in a, in a large company like we can make a make a mistake and it's going to have an impact. But, you, you know, you every day you, you're you're making decisions to put the entire company on the line. Uh, so on the subject, as you get responsibility and you, and you want to make those decisions, you know the, that the, uh, the appetite for risk is important. And again, I think it goes back to integrity and what are you driven by? Here, we will not take a risk on safety. It doesn't matter what the reward is. The reward could be massive. For a little bit of risk, you know, we're not going to do it. We're going to do it the safe way. And it could be something where there's a whole bunch of costs at risk. We may make a mess if we try it. By the means satisfying a customer or growing our product, but we'll do it. And we, every time we make a mess around here, we try to make ourselves feel better by saying you have to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Uh, but, but, but so that the tolerance for risk, the understanding you are going to fail, you are going to make bad decisions, and it's okay. You learn from them and you get better, and you, you take every last bit of wisdom you can from them. But, but you have to have a little bit of appetite for risk. Make a good decision where and when. But then it's okay. If, if six out of ten is probably pretty good. Eight out of ten, you're probably going to be considered some kind of genius. You just don't want to be worse than five out of ten. No. You, don't, you don't want to be worse than flipping a coin. Yeah, but I mean, that's again, that's part of the culture of uh, you talk about safety. But when you come into the plant, it's everywhere. It's No one gets hurt, hurt on our shift today. Safety. I mean, everywhere you go. From the time you before you even get into the plant, so it's kind of a mindset of doing right, having higher integrity, not letting other people. If someone's doing an unsafe act, it's everybody's responsibility because we're all team members. But the good thing is other people are looking out for your back, and it's part of the culture that uh, you've helped really enforce heavily here at this at this site. <clears throat> Our goal here. Uh, I say this mostly seriously is I expect somebody when they meet the spouse of the teammate for the first time, they should be hugged because the person says, oh, my gosh, I've heard all about you. You're a safety champion. You you take care of everybody around you. That, that should be our goal. That's how we should look out for each other. And again, it's a it's a state federal OSHA compliance issue. It's a expectation of your company issue. But what we have here with this group of people, 940 people at, at Nucor Steel Berkeley, they truly believe it. It's in their hearts, in their belly. It's the coolest thing. <clears throat> people really want to take care of each other. It just—it's exciting to come to work every day when you get to work with people like that. Well, but l- let me expand on that real relative to leadership. I mean, I, I agree with you 100%. But another component—I mean, we're talking about risk and we're talking about safety and people not getting hurt. But it's—I'll take it one step further uh, that I'd like to share. From what I perceive, and you may not be aware of it, I think you are, but I'd like to talk about it just real briefly is, and for you to expand on it, is caring. 
what I get a sense of part of the safety issue is genuinely caring for other people. And I think to get into leadership positions that people that show that they genuinely care for other people, it's really important. It's not just that they get hurt, but, you know, it can be someone's depressed. You know, hey, how are you doing? It's caring for it's caring for other people. And I think that's really important. And I think you do a real good job of every time I've met you, you always ask, how am I doing or whatever? But again, it's just a, 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 it's part of character of people is not only caring for themselves. I mean, everybody cares for themselves, but it's also to get into a management position. You got to, I think, genuinely care for others. Yeah, I think some people are probably born with that compassion side of it and that caring. <clears throat> I think the uh, two things about it. One, you can't fake it. If somebody's going to go into a leadership role and you talk about something, they think they're going to somehow get by because they're going to artificially fake that they care. That's a, a losing short-term strategy. You really got to believe and care. And for me, it's easy. Working with these folks, how smart they are, how hardworking they are, the the decisions they make, the way they're willing to give of themselves to do what's right in the, in the job and do what's right for Nucor, taking the time to understand the business. Uh, I have the conversation with folks all the time. We don't have to agree. <clears throat> but Jesus, it's important to me that you understand why I made the decision I made. And I think that's important for for leaders a lot of times because you make a decision that it may, it may tick everybody off because it's against their best interest or, or what they thought was right or something else. But as long as they understand there's a reason you made the decision that you did, well, then you can go on from there. That's a, that's a basis to go on. And, and, and the other one is we ask here so much of our people, people in leadership roles always have to ask a lot of the people. And if, if you don't have a relationship, if you haven't shown them that you truly care, if you haven't shown them that their safety is most important to you, if you haven't shown them, look, look I, you have this vision for yourself, you're going to create a future for you and your family, and I wholeheartedly support that. Right? If you do that, you can ask just about anything Right? They're going to work right. their butt off because they understand. But if you've never done any of that, if the company culture isn't that way, if the leadership isn't that way, and now you're going to ask a whole lot of somebody, well, you're not going to get the results you want. You're not going to get the effort you want because you haven't done all the things you need to do ahead of time to do that. So I think in successful companies, uh, companies that uh, regardless of the global economics, regardless of the, the local conditions or where you are in the business cycle, you just know you're going to be successful. It's because you've done that. You put the right group of people together. You've got the right relationships. You've got some level of trust there that says, hey, we're not always going to agree, but that doesn't make it a catastrophic fight. It means, okay, we'll move on from here because I believe in the long run we're always going to do the right thing. No, I agree with you 100%. And, and you're right. I, the thing about caring, you're right. People, it, I don't know what it is, if it's innate or just intuitive with people, but they can tell if you genuinely care about them. And if they know that you care about them and you ask them to do things or even if it's crazy they'll do whatever it takes but if they get a sense you don't care for them it's it's amazing the difference in people's performance and i think caring is really important and and people can tell you're right you can't it's not like you can just put on a happy face or a smile people know if you really care about them and their well-being yeah. i like what you said about a happy face <clears throat> I think everyone likes to go to work and, and think that they're going to wear a happy face and see a lot of happy faces, and, and it's all genuine. And uh, we work hard at that. Talking about the, the people we want on the team and the characters, traits that we truly value around here. Very simple. We call it positive problem solving. No, no great term there. But the idea is anybody can identify a problem. We, we can go out and look around. It doesn't matter if it's a traffic situation, a relationship, a, 
or something in a plant, identifying a problem is, is really fairly simple. But having the, the integrity again and the work ethic and the mental discipline to say, I'm going to work to find a solution. Who do I need to tell? What do I need to do? What can I contribute to making things better? That kind of positive attitude to problem solving, that is so powerful. That is just a huge part of our success inside of Newport. That's the kind of folks I get to work with every day. And it, it's it's not quite limitless, pretty close to limitless of what you can accomplish, why continuous improvement happens every day in our plant. Because we're problem solvers. And it, it, it's how we talk sometimes like, you know, uh, you know, maybe some metallers working on, on steel claims. All they see all day long is claims. Goodness gracious, we ever want to make anything right now. But that's not the way we do so. Here's an opportunity. We're going to make this better. We're going to please this customer. We found the root cause. We're going to mitigate it. And our next time around, we're going to knock their socks off. And, and that's the kind of problem-solving attitude that comes from uh, whether it's our, our sales folks, our financial folks, operators, maintenance, it doesn't matter. That's, that's the way we attack it the, the day at work. Well, that, that for me, dovetails into what I was going to call setbacks or opportunities for advancement. And in my opinion, if everything's going nice and smooth, you really don't necessarily learn. It's, okay. it's the life hiccups of we got issues, problems, whatever you want to call them. It's, it's really an opportunity to get better. And a lot of people don't look at problems or issues in that way. They kind of look at it as a negative or something that they don't want to deal with. But the reality is you're right. You got to have that attitude. And Nucor, you're right. I mean, their attitude is how can we get better? How can we take this bad and how can we learn from this? And so it doesn't happen again. That doesn't mean it won't happen again. But if you strive constantly striving for innovative ways to get better and everybody's doing it, I mean, 940 people all trying to do the same thing and everybody's on the same. It's kind of like you're all on a ship together and everybody's on with the same goals and the same vision. It's, it's extremely dynamic. We, uh, I was just I was chuckling when we said we, we had a manager meeting Tuesday morning at the, uh, and, and things are not that great in the steel consuming economy right now, whether it's, whether it's imports or uh, an inventory issue or just the overall effect of 1% GDP, whatever it is, uh, selling steel profits going to become more and more profitable as this, as this year goes on. And go in the next year, at the, at the end of our, our manager meeting, <coughs> the, 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 you know, there's, uh, 10 folks in a room and we're responsible for $2 billion in Newport Steel Berkeley. And, and I told them, well, how, how lucky are we? How great is this, right? Because, you know, we, we make a lot of money. We make a lot of steel. We please a lot of customers. Folks in our corporate office are happy. I don't know that all of our leadership and technical and communicating skills are on display. But when things are tough, and it's tough on our folks, and it's tough on our company, and it's tough on our suppliers, and it's tough on us, man, that's when we get to shine. We get to show off what we're made of, all the all the things you can do. So I sort of said a little bit uh, trying to be funny, but I thought, man, how, look how fortunate we are to have this opportunity, this business cycle, the bottom of the business cycle is presenting itself, and we have the ability to shine. This is, this is so exciting for us. So, and, that, and that's what we look at. We, if, uh, if I looked at you know, different parts, you know, in 2009, the first quarter of 2009, and the whole economy, it's certainly a steel sheet. I mean, the example I'd, I'd use, I, I, you'd stay in bed, you get in a fetal position, you pull the covers over your head, right? You don't come out. That's right. And, and then you run into some other problems. And I've seen it with, again, you learn from people, both good and bad, right? Now, in business, I've seen people run into a problem and get frustrated and, and there's, there's anger and there's emotion 
and they're doing things that are that are really going to damage relationships for the long term. And what they lost sight of is they're not solving the problem. That reaction may be a perfectly normal reaction and to terrible frustration, but that's not your job to have a normal reaction. Your job is to problem solve. Your job is to move forward. So uh, again, I try to see leaders you know, having this conversation about what to do in, in tough times. Like, you, you've got to take that emotion out of it. You can be stern, you can be tough, you can administer discipline, you can do all the things that need to be done so that people live up their responsibilities and then the minimum level of, of results that you need. But it, the anger doesn't have any place in there. It, it's all about problem solving and achieving the results you want. If you keep that in mind, I think you'd be very effective regardless of, of the circumstances that are coming at you. No, and I think you're right. I mean, again, I think it's, I tell people all the time, I mean, part of the integrity, I'm going I'm to dub this tale back into integrity and character, is like I said, when things are good, you don't necessarily see the, the true character of people. When things get bad, it's how do people react? Uh, do they own up and say, hey, I've got an issue, i got a problem, or do they roll over in bed and pull the sheets over. You know what I'm saying? You've got to, it's an opportunity to excel. And I think that's part of the leadership responsibility is to recognize that. And some people, the reason they're not necessarily leaders is because, again, they're not necessarily willing to take the high rate. And I I, I, appalled, I, I appalled, appalled you for that. Uh, that's awesome that you do that. And I think that's great. I mean, obviously, you guys live it day in and day out. Well, we're right at 30 minutes, and I wanted to, you know, we're not we're not done yet, but is there anything else, uh, again, trying to keep this around 30 minutes, 35 minutes, is there any other highlights that you think that would be important for a listening audience out there? These are these are great things that you're bringing up. No, it's uh, it, it's fun to talk about. I can't believe 30 minutes has gone by because talking with you has been effortless, but that, that's kind of how I feel. It's how I feel about the team at Newcore. It's how I feel about the opportunities I've been presented in. To work with this group of people that I've been able to work with, and throughout my career, the people I've worked with and learned from, uh, I don't normally get to talk about it. It's, it's exciting to talk about. Uh, and so, for, for folks out there listening, or whatever development or, or leadership things you're looking for, uh, expose yourself to as much many things you could. And it's, it's a bad time to do that with the former uh, Senator Weiner out there in the news. They don't expose yourself out there. Expose yourself <laughs> to as many uh, things as you can for learning and developing. Expose yourself to good people. You get a chance to be around good people that you can learn from. Take the good, and then also you're going to be around people that aren't effective. Learn, learn why they're not effective. You can, you can learn from people that are, that are great leaders, and you can learn from people that are not so great leaders. Just make sure you learn. That's right. There, there's a lot out there. Uh, the one last thing I'd say, and I'll mention this because I just had a, a conversation not too long ago about it. Uh, if you get promoted, if you're fortunate enough to be promoted, and you get a new area of responsibility. Don't think you need to have all the answers. And people I see in new jobs and new roles, they haven't changed a bit, but their job title changed, and all of a sudden they think they're expected to have all the answers. If anything, when you get promoted, realize just how dependent you are on the people around you. The folks that you're under your responsibility, they want to teach you. They're excited to show you what they know. Ask them. I think one of the most important things any leader, a new leader, an old leader, it can ask the most important thing a leader says in a day is what do you think? Just tremendous growth from that. Both for you and the people you're talking to come out of that. And, uh, it's amazing what you'll learn if you listen. You know, that's amazing. Um, and I, I, again, you, what you just said, it's amazing what you learn when you listen. That's a key component. Uh, good leaders 
are listening. Uh, as a lot of my peers and other people would say, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Is you should be a lot more listening than talking. And good leaders have that command sense of get, hearing what their people have to say, listening to them genuinely, and then from that making the decisions based upon what's best for the team. And that's a that's a key thing. I mean, you surround yourself with good. It goes back to the good to great concept of back to having all these great people and then getting their buy in, setting up the vision and the goals. And then if you see ideas that, hey, here's I, you know, here's some bad things that we can improve on and look at those as opportunities, not negative things. And then letting them help contribute to the answers to this because it's not all from one person. I think that's great. Let's go, Tony. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. I think uh, anybody who knows me won't be surprised if this is one of your longer podcasts. <laughs> no, so sorry if you ran out too long. No, it's perfect. And it, it this has been awesome. It's been right at 33 minutes. And again, I'd like to thank you for your valuable time. And I appreciate you sharing your wisdom. Again, this is Tony Barini. I'm here with Gift Offridge, the general manager, vice president of Newcore Berkeley. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.